Democracy's basement to your ears. This is the weekly meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. On this week's meeting, we have poverty, pro-poverty, anti-poverty. We'll find out. Innovative revenue tools, outstanding improvements, a city hall update. All that and more, or perhaps less. This meeting is now in session. Hey. Oh, hi. How are you doing? Oh, you know, great. Yeah. Really yeah. great? Or just a little great? Uh, a medium great. Okay, medium great will work. Yeah, which I think is good. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Medium great is good. Okay. We need uh, attendance. Nothing can happen oh, until you do attendance. We need a lot of things. Yeah, that's, need, that's also true. Yeah, we need duct tape for the pipes. We need duct tape for the pipes. We need we need HR. I could use another us. bucket. Yeah, I mean, I put in a requisition for a bucket like three months ago. Yeah, I've had to make my own buckets out of paper mache. Yeah, yeah. those things they fall apart. Yeah, the water fills up, and then they just turn to putty. You you have identified the flaw in my paper mache bucket. <laughs> Let's just do attendance. I can't okay. I can't talk. All right. So attendance. So uh, tonight for the meeting we have uh, Helen DePace. Nope. What? Nope. Pretty I mean, sure. No. I'm not a Helen. You're not a Helen. Uh, I, I mean, see no Helens. She, Helen Thirty De- Helens agree. There are no Helens down here. Wow. Because I mean Helen DePace. Mm-hmm. I mean she was known as the Julia Childs of Albania. Really? Yep. She moved to Albania, and then she became the personal chef of uh, Enver Hoha. Oh, really? Yeah. But what is Albanian cuisine, you ask? <laughs> yeah, I was about to. Okay. Wikipedia defines it as, quote, the national cuisine of the Albanian people. Mm-hmm. And it tracks with what I know. It goes on. Uh, Albanian cooking traditions are diverse because of geographical factors, such as climactic conditions suitable for a variety of vegetables, herbs, and fruit. Wow. Also, Wikipedia is just useless. Yeah. Just totally useless. Really? Unless you want to write it like an like a undergrad term paper. But okay. Anyway, no. Well, what does it tell us about Helen? Well, it doesn't say much about Helen. Uh, she mm-hmm. needs an entry, so I'm going to have to get on that pretty quickly. Okay. Uh, but she was known as the Toast of Tirana. Oh, really? She would throw huge parties. She would make um, Fagesi and uh-huh. Speca Miglise. Really? I think that's how it's pronounced. Huh. Yeah. Are these the kinds of the kinds of cuisines we need to bring to the Queen City? I think so. And uh-huh. I was hoping to have her talk about it, uh, about uh, like the wonders of Albanian cuisine. Um, she died in a plane crash, though. Oh, so, yeah, that will hurt her chances of making it here. I'm surprised I even expected her to be yeah, here me too. and put her on the attendance list. Yeah. Um, so uh, what are we going to do? Uh, hold on. What happened? Um, yeah, if you look at it, her name closely, I realize. I think I just mixed up the letters in her name. Oh. Uh, hold on. This is Paul. Paul Deschen. That's actually me. Oh, okay. Cool. All right. Nice. Okay, is there anybody else on the agenda? Because uh, I could just run yes. this on my own, but that would be boring. No, no, no. We also have uh, Anne My Dargon. Anne My Dargon. Anne My Dargon. Oh. Yes. And who's that? I have no information about Anmai Dargon. Oh, this time. no. I know. Well, it doesn't look like he's here, so that's not a problem. I think it might be a woman, actually. Anmai? Uh, Anmai, sure. Yeah. It's hard to say. It's hard to tell from the name. Yeah. But, yes, I believe Anmai Dargon is... All I can say for sure about Anmai Dargon is mm-hmm. that she, or perhaps he, mm-hmm. is not here. Okay. Darn. That's, okay, well, we'll... That's her main attribute. I'll just I'll just go solo, then. Uh, no, I'm, I'm here. Um... 
Well, you're not on the list, so you're not. Oh, wait a sec. Wait a sec. I think this is a little awkward because I already did this yeah. like a minute ago. I mixed up the letters in her name. Oh. So if we just... Uh, Aiden Morgan? And that's you. I'm here. Yeah. I knew I was here. All right. Well, we've got the two of us. We don't have quorum, but we have to move forward. Okay. Uh, I do have an announcement. Oh. Yeah. The announcement is, well, it's... I don't know what you'd call this. Like, it's not a, a kind of announcement I'm used to making. Uh, there have been a couple of times that somebody has tried contacting the Queen City Improvement Bureau during our meetings I using a telephone. That. Yes. And uh, because of the chaos that is the Queen City Improvement Bureau, I've been unable to communicate with this person. Uh, the last time this person called, I could not hear the person on the telephone very well, because uh, it's loud down here, it's, it, yeah. and the phone is very quiet, because it's a very old phone. Right. Uh, so and anyways... Phones get quieter as they age. If you are trying to contact the Queen City Improvement Bureau, there is a way to do that that's better than the telephone. That's go to... We have a website, the Queen... It's just queencityib.com. Right. And there's like a, an email address that you can use. Right. And... and then, it's not about uh, irritable bowel syndrome. No. IB stands for Improvement Bureau. Right. right. Yeah, we we are so uh, squatting on that uh, that uh, website address, that URL. Good. The good irritable for- bowel people are so angry. <laughs> good choice of her. That's right. They, will, they 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 keep on calling. Maybe that's actually the problem. It Maybe could be. that's what this person is calling about. But yeah. Anyways, phone not a great way to call us, but uh, email is great. Also, you can uh, send a direct message to us through our Twitter account, which is Queen City IB. Yes. Yeah. So we look forward to hearing from the person, whoever. Yeah. Whoever it is. is. Yes. Yeah. All right. What is next? On the agenda, we actually have a guest here tonight. We have Peter Gilmer from the Regina Anti-Poverty Ministry. Hi, Peter. Hi. Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming in. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Thanks for making your way down into the sub-basement. We appreciate you making this this trip. Quite a trek. I know. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) I'm glad that the directions worked out and you didn't get lost. We've We've lost a few guests in the past. Um, so I guess uh, we we wanted to get you down here to talk about the kind of work you're doing, see if you're, like, improving the Queen City, if you're an improvement vector. Uh, but I guess where we should probably start is I don't know if people know what the Regina Anti-Poverty Ministry is. Like, what is it you do? Yeah, well, the uh, Regina Anti-Poverty Ministry is a social justice ministry of the local presbytery of the United Church. So it represents the United Churches in the Regina area. And uh, we do anti-poverty advocacy and education work uh, toward the goal of a more just and equitable Regina and a more just and equitable Saskatchewan. Uh, We do our work in three ways. The first is through individual advocacy casework, which involves making sure that the low-income individuals and families that come to us are being treated fairly by the institutions that they're dealing with and that they're receiving those benefits that they're entitled to. And this has uh, become a really significant part of our work. It takes up um, most of our work time, even though ideally we'd like to spread our work about a third in each of our key areas. But because we are uh, one of the well, one of the very few advocacy organizations left that has a mandate to do this type of advocacy, uh, it means that our caseload is very heavy. 
so that's that's one thing. The secondary is public education on poverty issues, which involves providing resources and workshops on poverty and anti-poverty issues. And the third area is what we describe as systemic advocacy or social justice work, which involves a combination of lobbying, activism, uh, and perhaps most importantly, working with community partners and uh, people living in poverty to develop a consensus around what changes need to take place and then to push uh, all levels of government to see changes in those areas. So those are the three main areas of our work. We uh, are, I mentioned that we're a United Church ministry, but the reality is that constitutionally, while our board is set up so that we have a bare majority of United Church folks um, who are chosen by presbytery or appointed by presbytery, we also have positions on our board that are available for other uh, denominations or faith groups, other community organizations that are working on poverty issues. And finally, and perhaps most importantly, we also have designated spots for what we would describe as first voice participants or low-income volunteers. And even beyond the designated positions, uh, in all the time that I've been with the ministry, which is over 20 years now, uh, we've always had roughly a third of our board who were people who had present lived experience in poverty. So uh, having that perspective at the table has been very important to us. Right. So you're, you have an actual connection to a church, so it's a ministry ministry. Yes. So not a ministry in the way not that we're a ministry of government. Right. Yes. Right. It, that does occasionally cause some confusion. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Well, I will make a note of that <laughs> for our notes. Um, yeah, you mentioned that you guys do activism. Um, I noticed that you guys got uh, in, I don't know if I want to say trouble, but there was a recent incident that you were involved in at the Saskatchewan legislature. Apparently, you, you guys had a lunch that got out of control. Yeah, well, uh, and first of all, I should mention that it wasn't a specific Regina Anti-Poverty Ministry action. It was it was basically uh, in independent uh, anti-poverty activists okay. who joined together and who uh, held a uh, information picket at the cafeteria of the Saskatchewan Legislature to raise concerns about um, income assistance cuts that have come down over the course of the last two provincial budgets. Uh, but also to focus attention on the fact that these cuts were coming upon what is already or was already an inadequate and insecure system. So uh, the fact that, that they, it was causing a great deal of hurt and harm for people living in poverty and we felt that the disruption of one lunch for decision makers uh, was quite a slight inconvenience in comparison to the disruption of lives uh, and of meals that is caused by, as I said, inadequate and insecure uh, benefits programs for low-income people. Right. Um, I want to come back to how that, like, what the results of that action were. But maybe to put it into context, like, I don't know if people understand, the when you talk about disruptions to meals that people who are on assistance face, like, what kinds of things do they encounter? Well, I guess one of the things I would mention right off the top is that... Um, 
the income security, the provincial income assistance programs, and there's three main ones, the Saskatchewan Assured Income for Disability, which is for people with significant and enduring disabilities, the Saskatchewan Assistance Plan, which is the traditional social assistance program, but which in reality is for people, it's primarily used by people who have disabilities, although they've yet to be deemed to be um, enduring. Um, but it's also for everybody on the Saskatchewan Assistance Plan has some form of disability, or not disability, but some form of special need. Uh, and then there is the program for people who are deemed to be either uh, immediately or potentially employable, and that's the Transitional employ- Employment Allowance. So these are the three main programs, and all of them have been hit by, by cuts over the course of the last couple of budgets. But the reality is, is you know, even previous to 20, the 2016 budget, um, these programs had inadequate benefit levels, and in particular, uh, the Saskatchewan Assistance Plan and Transitional Employment Allowance. So, for instance, somebody on the Saskatchewan Assistance Plan only receives uh, an adult allowance of $255 per month, which is based meets is to meet their uh, food, personal, and household um, costs, clothing, and transportation. So, it's basically everything except for for shelter, utilities, and special needs. Um, and the shelter rates are, are also too low, so people are digging into that $255 to cover off additional costs for rent, etc. cetera. Uh, but the reality is that the transitional employment allowance is even worse because it gives just a flat-out general living allowance of less than $600, which wraps the rent into it. Um, so that's to meet all your needs, uh, and there's no provision for special needs. Um, and so, and, and the other reality is that at the first dollar you earn on the transitional employment allowance gets clawed back dollar for dollar. Uh, the only thing it does, that, it, that they add on to your general living allowance is a utility is your basic utilities for heat and power and $30 for telephone. Uh, with those uh, there's actually a capped rate unlike social assistance or sketch and assistance plan or the SED program which actually will at least cover the actual cost of your, your heat and power with, with the transitional employment allowance if it goes above, they only pay the actual cost up to a capped rate. So, uh, so people end up taking out of this limited amount that they have for housing and food to actually pay off additional costs for utilities as well. So these are very inadequate programs that you know put people in a circumstance often of destitution and desperation. And the other reality is that they're not easy to get on either. Like there's constant hoop jumping to be able to get onto the programs and to stay on the programs. Uh, so it's a constant struggle for people. And then on top of that, we now have seen pretty significant cuts over the, the course of the last budget, last couple budgets. Uh, first last year, we saw cuts to the assured income for disability to what they referred to as the extra living allowance or what we refer to as excess shelter, which when there was a low vacancy rate and rising rents, which are, and rents continue to rise, uh, they were willing to, in low vacancy rate areas, they were willing to match reasonable rent increases and allow an additional $150 beyond uh, your your assistance benefits in the rental supplement, which maxed out for people on SED at about $715. So they'd allow another $150 on top of that and, and match uh, reasonable rent increases when, you know, average uh, one-bedroom rental costs were, were, you know, $900 to $1,000. What they did in 2016 was basically say all the... Uh, 
um, all those additional benefits you've received are now being taken away, which people left people in, with an inability to pay rent. Because there was a really big fight back from the community, they ended up grandfathering it. So those people who had the benefits were able to maintain them, but any new people coming onto the program or anybody with a change in circumstance, which includes a move, would lose it. Right. So that was one first big cut. And they also cut the Saskatchewan Employment Supplement, which is for low-income working families with children. Uh, they cut it for, for teenagers in the family. Uh, once again, they did grandfather it after a fight back for those who were already receiving it. But any new, if you had a 12-year-old who would turn 13 afterwards, they would now no longer get it or no new clients would receive it in that family. And they also made it more difficult for seniors to access said uh, and with it the um, supplementary health care coverage. So um, so a lot of seniors have lost that, that health coverage um, since the, the, the 2016 budget cuts came down. This year we saw a whole new range of cuts, unfortunately, a cut to the special needs diet, the highest, the high calorie um, uh, $75 diet was cut. Uh, they cut um, home repairs for basic health and safety purposes for income assistance recipients who own their own home. And they cut back on the transitional employment allowance, so just a straight out benefit cut to what was, as I said, already a very inadequate program. Another new thing that they, they've done is they've now bumped, boosted up the overpayment clawback rate because most, most of our clients actually do, about two thirds of our clients have an overpayment on their file through no fault of their own, but because due to fluctuating income and sometimes departmental or ministry air, uh, they'll be overpaid one month and then that gets clawed back over the course of time. So, so they'll get like a little bit extra money by accident yeah. and then yeah. after they've spent it, they have yeah. to come, they have to pay it out. Yeah, and obviously if you have inadequate benefits, any new monies you get goes towards meeting basic needs, but when you start getting that stripped away, it causes hardship and just an overpayment period causes hardship, but when you claw back at a steep rate it causes greater hardship yeah. so those are those are some of the things that we've been fighting yeah. against I mean it really sounds like you know from those who have almost nothing even that is taken away that's right yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a terrible situation um, so we're on uh, 91.3 FM CJTR Regina Community Radio this is the Queen City Improvement Bureau and we're talking with Peter Gilmer from the Regina Anti-Poverty Ministry um, I, I want to go back I just want to cling to one number like a life preserver yeah. you mentioned the 255 dollars that people right. are getting uh i know people or i've heard of stories of people who will perhaps even in the government who will blow that on a meal yeah and that's what some people are getting for an entire month, month yeah. to cover everything yeah works what? out to 850 a day Jeez. i don't know how you live on 850 a day yeah i just i can't imagine what do they what do they end up eating like what do how well, do you, how do you feed yourself on eight fifty a day? Well, it's a big reason why food bank numbers continue to rise, um, and the, the food bank usage has increased significantly over the years, and that the, the very low rate is one of the reasons for that. Uh, but certainly, it means that you're not able to help eat healthy foods, and if you are relying, and you know, we know that a lot of um, food bank users are children, and in terms of trying to meet the nutritional needs of a child based on food bank food is, uh, uh, the food bank would agree, is not, not a healthy route to go. So, you know, people are, are um, you know, 
missing meals, being forced into having to um, to go the charity route, which obviously is um, you know has an impact on terms of stigmatizing people and, and impacting people's dignity, but um, but it also doesn't but doesn't meet the need, and and so it's one of the reasons why we believe that these that you know because Canada and all the provinces have committed themselves to an adequate standard of living and um, meaning things like adequate income assistance benefits, living wage and quality and affordable housing and childcare, that these are actually basic human rights that need to be implemented so that, you know, charity is necessary, but ultimately uh, charity is not a solution and that we need to have, um, we need to have social and economic justice that ensures that these are, are viewed as basic human rights. Um, if the province is providing inadequate funding for people to eat healthy meals, they're essentially downloading a lot of this onto places like the food bank, and a lot of the uh, a lot of the other services wind up, you know, landing in your lap. Yeah. Um, what? Maybe you guys should just quit. <laughs> <laughs> like, if if all of the charity went away. Well, I guess one thing I will mention on that front is yeah. So your compassion. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess two things I'd say is that ultimately, you know, there's still there's still a need in terms of charity, but also we deem ourselves to be it's one of the shifts with our ministry because we grew out of what was once primarily a charitable ministry, and while we do have a charitable tax status because you know the the straight out lobbying advocacy of our ministry is actually a pretty small p proportion of the work we do, that ultimately we are a uh, uh, a social and economic justice-based agency that's that's working to make sure that people's rights are met under present systems, but also trying to change those systems. So, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm uh, you know, obviously I have my own selfish reasons as well for not wanting to put us out of business until we've ended <laughs> poverty. But um, but in the meantime, I think that that um, you know there's certainly going to be a, a need to yeah. to make sure that that particular service is provided and. And it's one of the things that we've seen is that one of the reasons I think we've survived as an advocacy organization is that we're not based on, on government or corporate. We don't receive any government or corporate funding, which allows us to maintain our independence, but it also has meant that we haven't had to worry about about those types of cuts. Right. We've got our own fundraising issues, but they don't involve that. Yeah. Um, I wanted to talk about some of the responses and uh, the ways that you guys are approaching this. Uh, I know that you've uh, come together with other anti-poverty and civil society organizations into a movement called Sask Forward, which is a response to um, the Sask Party wanting to basically restructure, in, in scare quotes, yeah. the civil service. Uh, and the thing that you guys have um, announced recently that has come out of that is a draft of um, like legislation, yeah. like an act for the elimination of poverty in Saskatchewan. Right. Um, what is that? What are you hoping to accomplish with it? Well, I, and first of all, I'll mention that the Regina Anti-Poverty Ministry has been has a has had a position in favor of some form of act for the elimination of poverty for for over a decade now. And Poverty Free Saskatchewan, which has also been connected to the Sask Forward process, has had one for for a number 
number of years, has had a push for a number of years. But because we had brought that into the, the SASC forward consultation process and to the summit back last January, one of the things that came out of that summit was that concerned groups and activists got together and started to look at uh, the process of actually drafting legislation. And so what we're seeing in, in what, what's been agreed upon to date, and it is a work in process, but what's been agreed upon is, first of all, having a legislative process that has a human rights lens, which is recognizing that Saskatchewan has made commitments under international law um, with the UN Covenant on Economic, Social and Cultural Rights and entrenching some of those basic rights into legislation, which uh, would tie government to actually uh, implementation. But the other thing is to have to actually set up a committee, an ongoing uh, poverty elimination committee that uh, would be an advisory group to government, but also a government, a monitor on government uh, that would be looking at setting specific goals and targets for government to meet. It also comes up with some very uh, immediate and practical things the government needs to do in both in the shorter term and ongoing. Um, so it, it does look at things, for instance, like a basic income pilot project, but also a commitment to uh, reducing depths of poverty in the meantime, making sure that the income assistance programs I've talked about are improved, uh, looking at, at moving to an imme immediately to a $15 an hour minimum wage and ultimately a living wage, uh, looking at a, at a provincial child care plan, um, looking at a housing strategy that would include development of social housing, housing first programs, and a range of, of solutions. So there's, there's some very practical commitments in there as well, but ultimately it's a way to make sure that this is taken out uh, of a strictly political process and that regardless of who's in government or regardless of who um, the policy uh, analysts and bureaucrats are, that ultimately there is um, protections in place for people to make sure that their basic social and economic rights are met. So that's ultimately our dream goal and it, tie, it does tie together many of the concerns that we, individual concerns that we've had as a ministry over the years. So we're, we're quite excited about the possibility of of, uh, of promoting this over and building support for it, uh, we, we've seen some significant community interest and support for the idea. But building on that and ultimately getting it uh, uh, implemented or legislated as an act for the province of Saskatchewan. Right, and so you guys are lobbying the current government and the opposition to try and get it onto the agenda. Yes, I mean we, we're doing. I mean we've done that since through SAS Forward, but actually um, even in the course of the last couple of years. It has been a position that both the Regina Anti-Poverty Ministry, Poverty Free Saskatchewan, and the United the Saskatchewan Conference of the United Church have all presented to to government and opposition on. Cool. Okay. Well, thanks a lot. Um, is there? Um, we actually have to move on with our agenda. Yes. I'm sorry, Peter. Um, where can people find you online, and is there a copy of the uh, the legislation, the yeah. draft legislation people can look at? Yes, actually, uh, the if you go to the Sask Forward website, uh, so if you Google Sask Forward, uh, the uh, a op-ed piece that we had drafted in terms of support for it is there plus the act itself. So that's one thing. In terms of the anti-poverty ministry, uh, if you, uh, we, we do have a website at antipovertyministry.ca so that's, uh, that, that, that will tell you more about the specifics of the work of our ministry and also our contact information as well. Cool. Thanks a lot. Well, thanks, thank for, you. thanks for bringing this oh, up. Yes. Appreciate um, it. Aiden, how did he do? Uh, 
I've, I did some calculations, uh -huh. but in the end, it came out on top. Oh, good. And indeed Excellent. qualifies as an improvement vector. So you get our certificate oh. of improvement oh, I'm, I, signed, signed by us. Yeah. Yes. Well, that'll go right next to my participation badge. <laughs> <laughs> this one oh, is much excellent. more valuable. <laughs> uh, we, it even comes with its own little envelope. Oh, excellent. So. All right. You're too kind. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks a lot for coming in. We're going to skip to the recorded Innovative Revenue Tools, and we'll, we'll move on with the agenda after that. Perfect. But, uh, yeah, here are some Innovative Revenue Tools for everybody. Hi. I'm local blogger Kenton DeYoung. Did you know, on Albert Street, across the lake from the legislature building, sits a speaker's corner, a small brick platform surrounded by gas lamps and birch trees. These lamps originate from London, and the trees are from Runnymede Meadow, a location where King John signed the Magna Carta in 1215. It's a Regina fact. You'll find more Regina facts on my blog, KentonDeYoung.com, and every week on the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 CJTR, Regina Community Radio. All right, we're back from Innovative Revenue Tools. Great. And uh, in keeping with that City of Regina fact, I have a Kenton de Jong fact. Oh, lay it on me. Well, most people think, well, you're perhaps familiar with Microsoft's uh, encyclopedia software, Encarta. I will say yes. Very well. It's, it's, a, venerable, it's a venerable piece of Microsoft software. But the fact is, it is not a piece of software at all. Do tell. It is actually the disembodied mind of Canton Dion. Wow. Yep. So he's like a superhero of sorts. Kind of. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and he's on, like, uh, early Windows systems. Oh, yeah? Yeah. The only oh. superhero who actually was distributed across, like, consumer-grade uh, desktop machines. Wow. Neat. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we could find, like, copies of them on floppy disks somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Along, like, along with those AOL CDs. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that, that is a Kenton de Jong fact. That is great. Great to know. Uh, all right, our agenda. We, had a, we have actually an innovative revenue tool here that Ooh. we uh, didn't do in the first half. Let, lay so, it up. Um, I thought I would bring it up now. Um, so you know how uh, we've been uh, watching the uh, documentaries on Netflix and uh, learned, taking, drawing urban planning lessons from Netflix. We've we've looked at Defenders and Jessica Jones right. and Daredevil. Yes. Um, I saw a new one. Uh-huh. It's called Stranger Things. Oh, I thought it was called Stranger Things. Yeah, I thought that at first, too, but then I heard some people talking about it by the water cooler. Oh. Yeah, they didn't see me at the water cooler. I, was, no, I was, I was behind the water cooler. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so then I found out Stranger Things. And, um, yeah, in, uh, in Stranger Things, there's this neat idea I didn't know anything about, but I think it's something we have to, uh, we, we have to find a way to exploit. Um, apparently, this thing called Hawkins National Laboratory has uh -huh. punched a hole through the fabric of reality and has discovered an alternate universe that they're calling the Upside Down. Oh, I was hoping it would be like a hole that would let us out of this uh, basement. Well, maybe. I don't know. Like, um, we'll have to look into it. Uh, you know, it, it might involve some, like, uh, investment of time and uh, uh, infrastructure. But maybe there's, maybe there's an opportunity for that for us. Um, but this Upside Down, it's similar to the, the Veil of Shadows of Dungeons & Dragons lore, a plane that's out of phase, a place of monsters that's right next to you, but you don't even see it. Right. Yeah. 
So the neat thing about the 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 upside down is that it's exactly like everything we see around us, right? So there's like the buildings and the streetlights and the roads. Mm-hmm. It's all there. It's just a paler um, version of it, and it's totally uninhabited. And it's oh. right next to us, but we don't even see it. Wait a minute. I think I see where you're going. Can you guess? I, I, I see like like real estate possibilities exactly yes exactly it means that all this time we've been building all of this queen city not realizing that we've been building two queen cities at the same time one in the upside down right that we could totally um sell huh. right this sounds great so people could occupy the upside down at the same time as they're moving now you know it would be a little bit difficult to get people there they would have to you know um we'd have to build some like uh machine that would like punch a hole in the fabric of reality. Yeah, then we could go in easy. and we could bring people who are, you know, looking for, you know, maybe you can't, you know, find the house that you want or you found the house that you want in Harbor Landing, but somebody's already bought it. And we could go, hey, come to the upside down. Right. I'm thinking that could be the uh, slogan come to the, the upside, upside down. down. I mean, there's no real sunlight and it's covered in vines and maybe there's monsters. That are going to kill you. You know, there's monsters in the real world. That's true. There's vines in the real world. I don't see the problem. You're right. They're just a little harder to control in the upside down. Sure. But that's 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 just a question of, um, you know, grit and will. You know, right. people who move there will just have to understand that there's going to be, maybe we can, like, their property taxes will be a little bit lower. Oh, they'll love that. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. Right. You know, we'll knock a little bit off to, if you move into the, for the first five years, when you move into the upside down. I hear that's where all the traffic engineers come from, though. Not surprised. That yeah. makes a lot of sense. They, they they invaded our reality a while back, mm-hmm. and now they're just messing with us. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's why, you know, so many of them have the last name Demogorgon. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Bob Demogorgon, yeah. Alice Demogorgon. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we should have put Ter- it all together. Terry Mind Flayer. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. yeah, and all those illithid children. Um, so that's 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 the idea that we need to exploit the upside down for uh, for property tax revenue, <laughs> basically. Untapped revenue base. Right. Nice. I love it. Oh, and think about it. There's that means that there's a new stadium. Well, like we we didn't just build a stadium. We bought two stadiums: a stadium and an upside down stadium. Whoa! Which means, think of how many more football games we could play a year. Exactly, and if you know, and if we can't, we can just use it for storage. You know, the funny thing though about the upside down is that it's mostly empty. Um, right. Kind of like the current stadium. So it's amazing how much those two things resemble one another. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Most of the year. Yeah. yeah. We're like, people like run it like, you know, people in the regular stadium just run around and like throw things yeah. at each other. Yeah. Seems like the upside down to me. All right. Okay. So that's that's it. Um, upside down. We got a property tax it and uh, money in the bank. In the bank. Yeah. The ups- I hope the currency there is good here. Ooh, yeah, I don't know. That's I hate if question. like all the money was upside down, and you try to turn it right side up, but it's and still it just never. Down. Oh God, yeah, oh. that'd be that'd oh, be frustrating. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, you know, we'll we'll look into it. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. So that's it. That's our innovative revenue tool for this week. Um, what else do we have on the agenda, Hayden? I believe we have, it uh, looks like we're going to be talking about City Hall. I believe yeah. there was a City Council meeting recently. There was. There was a City Council meeting on Monday. Oh, that's very recent. Yeah. It was a nice short one. 
Really? It's, yeah, it's really nice when those happen. You go in, you expect you're going to be there till 11, and you you know you get out um, by like 8, 30, 9 o'clock. Whoa. And I can scurry back down the vents and get back here in time to watch Little Stranger Things on Netflix. Exactly. Some yeah. of them stranger things. Stranger things. As, yeah. they say, as they pronounce it in America. Yeah. Do Stranger. They? Stranger things. things. Uh, Lord of the Rings and Stranger Things. <laughs> I'd watch that. <laughs> um, so what did they have? Okay, so they had. we talked about uh, the stuff that was on the agenda last week. Um, so I will just give you some updates on what actually happened. Um, the big controversial one was an extension for a time limit uh, for a... Uh, uh, temporary parking lot at 1505 Sass Drive. Right. So that's a surface parking lot that's used by police employees. And uh, it was only supposed to be there for five years. And during those five years, the police were supposed to figure out what the heck are they going to do about parking? Because, um, okay, this gets complicated. The neighborhood that this is in is called Heritage. It used to be called Core. Right. Okay. Now, Core has a thing called the Core Sustainability Action Plan which is kind of like a neighborhood plan, but it's not actually a neighborhood plan, is a sustainability plan. Okay. But will it make the neighborhood sustainable? That was the goal. Ah. And one of the things that the sustainability action plan says is no um, no surface parking lots. Let's try and get rid of those. And oh, right. another thing that it said is Saskatchewan Drive, kind of ugly. Let's try to make it pretty. Actually, a lot oh. of these a lot of these plans that they come up with, that's it in a nutshell this is ugly let's make it pretty so they can make a little like they can plant little shrubs yeah yep yeah, I, I could I'm going to write a proposal it's just going to be one word shrubs that would go far it would yeah yeah that would, that would they'd love the shrub plan yeah, I mean... The Shrubbery Action Plan. Shrubbery Action Plan. I mean, the uh, last what? season of Shrubs, it didn't really feel like the show. No? But, you know, but I, I still kind of enjoyed it. Okay. I mean, I was... I'd, I'd gone with Shrubs for eight seasons or whatever it was, yeah. so, yeah. Well, the city, she goes deep on Shrubs as you did. Yes, I yeah. agree. Okay. Um, well, actually, there's, there's Shrubbery coming up in really? this. Yeah. Oh, okay. No kidding. I'm not, I'm well, not making I'm, that up. I am, uh, what has they say, prescient. Yeah, maybe a little... A little pre-science. Yeah, they were the Kwisatz Haderach. <laughs> hey, the sleeper must awaken. Yeah. Uh, what happened? Uh, yeah, so they wanted. They had this parking lot for five years. The police didn't come up with a solution to their parking problems, uh, and now they want it for another eight. And the Heritage Community Association, they came out to the community, uh, to, the, uh, uh, to the city council meeting. Uh, their director, uh, Shana Stock, came out and said, what? hey, We've got Shana Stock. I think she's actually like uh, part of the CJTR family. I believe she is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she is also a um, an active house? member of her community, and oh. she came out and said, "Hey, we've got the sustainability action plan. It says no surface parking lots, and it says no surface parking on Sass Drive. Let's not do this." Yep. She she's not chicken stock. She stock. is not. She is Shana Stock. <laughs> um, then, you know. Police Chief Evan Bray came, and he talked about this situation. He said, hey, we have a problem. We are contractually obligated to our employees through their, um, what do you call those things that unions do? Uh, their contract. You know what I'm talking about. Whatever. <laughs> always their collective agreement. Always, so, always with the collective, always holding employers like 
ransom with their agreements that they agreed upon. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they have a collective agreement that says that they have to provide parking for their employees, which you can kind of get. A lot of cops, they got crappy days that they go through, and, um, you know, they kind of want to just get home. Yeah. And uh, it is an agreement, so the police has to provide the parking, and this is the only place that they can provide it right now. This is the only place that's available. He also pointed out that the police are, you know, basically um, part of the city, and they don't own any of their own property. This is not the police's problem, kind of. The police, they have a building that apparently needs major renovations, and they have this parking lot that they'd really rather have, like, a parking garage. Sure. Right? They'd yeah. like to have something pretty. Yeah. Who doesn't? What about the police ST like pretty? What about the STC depot? Sure. I don't know what you're talking about. The oh, Saskatchewan Transportation Company. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I'm is it right next to the police, though? It's close. Right. See, the thing is, it has to be right across the street or right next door. I just have to. According to the agreement. If they just like take that, like the that building, the the STC Depot building, all they have to do is maybe, I don't know if they would push it or drag it. Oh. One of the two. Well, police are strapping young lads. Yeah, they they're, could they're, just they're pick strong. it up. Yep. And, and move uh, it. Yeah, and strapping young lattices. Lattices. Yeah. Yeah. Lattices. Um, yeah. So yeah. they could do that. And then, uh, but anyways, no, it's the city's It's the city's deal. The city owns their building. The city owns their parking lot. And the police apparently have been waiting a long time for some kind of sustainability plan from the city and some kind of money to build them a new building or to just yeah. tell them whether or not they're going to need a new building or if they should make do with what they've got. The police just don't know. So they know for one, they know that it's not. It's going to take more than two years for them to get an answer from the city. Right. And I got to say, Police Chief Evan Bray is saying was saying all of this way more diplomatically than I am. Fair enough. I mean, they. I mean, the police. They could just go in and arrest the city. That's not a bad idea. For being like jerks. Yeah. Or something. I'm not sure. There's a yeah. charge. Mischief. Mischief. Public yeah. mischief. Public mischief. Public nudity. The city is like, <laughs> look at the city, it's totally naked. It really is. The naked city. The we, naked queen city. Yep. And police should do something about they it. They really should. And then, you know, maybe they would get a building out of it. Yeah, but maybe. They could, yeah. uh, eminent domain? Something like that, yeah. 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 Or they could just put the whole city in jail. <laughs> That's right. They could turn the city into a jail. Uh -huh. Because it's hard to put a city in a jail uh -huh. when usually jails are smaller than cities. Yep. So they could just say, "This is a jail now." Yeah. Your your problem jail. solved. Problem solved. Yeah. And they can park anywhere they like. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, that was that's the deal. That's what the city. That's what the police are facing. They're wow. like, "Please give us." They said, "We can't do it in two years. We, there's no way." That, the subtext was, "There's no way you guys are going to get off your butts and solve our problem <laughs> in two years." Um, I mean, we just saw and we think like we think even minutes, we, we know you guys. We think five is optimistic, right? So we're asking for eight because then we think <laughs> something might get done. Fair enough. Um, anyways, the council uh, came to a compromise, and they uh, they they said, you know, um, how about we go with five? Cool. And yeah. then they arrested Shana? And then they arrested Shana. No, oh, actually, man. it was amazing. Uh, this, I say this was a contentious item. Uh, I've never seen two um, two groups on opposite sides of an issue at City Council who were more um, polite and kind to each other. Apparently, uh, the Heritage Community Association, Shana called up Police Chief Evan Bray before the meeting and said, Hey, Evan, this is what we're going to say. We're going to try and like scupper your uh, chances of getting a, Ooh, a parking yes. lot. 
And he was like, you know, we get it. So one of the things that the police chief said is that we get it. We don't want to have like an ugly parking lot on Sask Drive. We are, we like being in the heritage community. We like the heritage community. We want it to be a good, sustainable, functioning community. So they're going to be, one of the things they're going to be doing is looking into landscaping that parking lot so that it looks better. You know, acknowledging that it's a suboptimal solution, but they're going to, you know, try and make the best of it. And, you know, Shana Stock and Police Chief Evan Bray left the bill, left the uh, meeting together. So I think that everybody was, like, kind of happy the way that this turned out, which is always nice to see. Um, and, um, yeah, I actually have a recording of uh, the mayor talking oh, about this. Let's hear it. After the meeting, yeah. Let us hear Yeah, mayor. let's hear a little bit of the mayor. But I should mention before I do that that we're on 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio. We've been known. Yeah, and we're going to play a little bit of the mayor talking yeah. about the police parking lot. Let's hear some mayor. All right. The Regina Park, uh, sorry, the Regina Police Services parking lot. Yes. Uh, you guys passed an extension of five years tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a lot of talk uh, from Police uh, Chief Frey about uh, the sustainability of the uh, space that they have right now, mm-hmm. and that they're kind of waiting on council to uh, come up with a decision on what's going forward. What are we waiting on, and how long until the police service gets some kind of answer? I can't tell you how long the wait will be. I can tell you that the uh, the city of Regina uh, is uh, very much aware of, of the conditions of the, of the police service. They're outgrowing the building, and it's really, um, I wouldn't say dilapidated, but it certainly needs needs some tender loving care. But more importantly, they've actually uh, outgrown it. They have seven different locations around the city. It's costing over a million dollars to house that. They could be housed in one building, which would be uh, very economical to do that. The city is looking at options, but I can't tell you any more details to where we're at with that process or what that looks like, but we are aware of it. It's one of our priorities as a city to, to provide um, adequate uh, uh, space for our police service. Uh, there's a lot of talk about reserves tonight. Uh, do we have a police reserve uh, for capital improvements or to buy a new building? We have a capital reserve for the police service, but the police service does not own the building. The city of Regina owns the building, therefore the city of Regina has a capital uh, reserve that, that could be used uh, in some measure for a new building or a different building or some other configuration. But there's no specific fund for the, for, to build a new building for the police? Uh, it's on a list of capital improvements, so how it's funded would be up for discussion when we actually got to that issue. So I'm not trying to be evasive because it could be several different uh, funds together or it could be simply another way to do it, uh, such as other levels of government helping out. So we will have funds to do that when we identify a place that's suitable that meets our objectives. Is Admin actively working on coming up with a solution for their uh, for the RPS building? Yeah, I would think you say we're, we're, we're trying to do this. It is one of our priorities, so it's not the only only thing we're looking at. Obviously, we're looking at other other infrastructure requirements for the city, but yes, we are looking to, to help resolve the issue. But I can't give you more details tonight. What do you think is going to happen in five years when this comes up for renewal again? Well, if we don't have a new place for it, I'll come back to council for a discussion again. But we're hoping that within the five years, the police service with the city will have resolved the parking issue, wherever they may be located, either or some other place, that they don't have to rely on that parking space again. I think it's pretty clear that the, the community association, and quite rightly, is concerned about this being a never-ending parking area where indeed is supposed to be green space in that area so we're totally cognizant of, of what they, they require what they want to see and i think we want to move toward that, that goal of returning this back to the community so we can actually have a development on that site not just a parking lot 
There was a suggestion by the Heritage Community Association that they haven't seen a lot of progress on the sustainability action plan in their neighborhood. What's going on there? Like, why aren't they seeing anything, any improvements? Well, I certainly think that it takes time, like any other any other plan, and not to excuse the lack of what they perceive to be inaction on that one. In as much as we have several plans across the city, we're looking at it, and and I would be, I would think, be unfair to say we shelved that. We have we're looking at that in terms of other priorities. So, yeah, we could act faster. I suppose it would be a way to say that, but it's not a plan that that's compulsory on council. That's referenced in the report itself. It's an aspirational document, and part of that is. How do we set priorities within our our, our spending envelope that we have each year, and and uh, uh, we have to look at that, no question. Uh, so I guess I'm saying it's a valid question to ask, and, and where it fits in, into into our priorities is a good question. Right. Uh, the recommendations in the sustainability action plan were supposed to be turned into a neighborhood plan mm-hmm. for uh, heritage, I guess it's called. Yes. Now. Um, where uh, what's the status of the neighborhood plans? When is when is work going to start on those? Well, I know we were we're looking at other neighborhood plans, and I'm not sure where this sits. And I can find out where they were sitting in the list of, of making it into a neighborhood plan. I really can't tell you right now, but I do know that's a commitment to do that. All right, that was Mayor Michael Fougere talking after the council meeting, where they gave the police a five-year extension on their surface parking lot on Sask Drive instead of the eight they asked for. Do they ever find it weird that you're an employee of City Hall and yet you ask them questions like you're a journalist? Um, you know what? It's amazing how they just act like they don't even know me. Huh. Yeah. I, I suppose, you know, they got to maintain that wall. Yeah, you know, I guess. That proper right. professional boundary. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, uh, council has no um, control over staffing. So as far no. as they're concerned, maybe that's just my job. <laughs> I'm the survey monkey. The survey monkey. The building. The, the, local, the local embedded journalist. Right. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so anyways, that's how things turned out uh, for that item. Uh, there was a bunch of other stuff on the uh, council agenda. Um, oh, uh, I should note, uh, Shana Stock and Devin Bray. Um, uh, Shana Stock, keep an eye on her. Uh, she's... Uh, her her presentation. She's presented at council a couple of times now. Top notch, top notch council oh. presenting. Cool. Yeah. I also mentioned that we mentioned she was a CJTR buddy. Oh yeah. Um, Shane Stock is one of the co-hosts of the Sour Hour, which oh. uh, appears monthly on CJTR. Right. I knew that. Uh, and co-hosts, two co-hosts who appear periodically. Uh, one of one of whom is Jay Kovach. I cannot remember the name of the third co-host. Uh, but together they present a show, um, arts, culture, and criticism f- uh, from a feminist and female presenting uh, perspective. Oh, okay. Or femme presenting perspective. Right. So kind of just like us. Almost identical. I Except, don't even know why they have a show. <gasps> no, you know what it is. Considering that we basically have this territory. Right. Covered. No, it's like we're the upside down of their show. Whoa. Yeah. Drabber, grayer, grayer, more vines, more, more vines, more, more sort of like slimy things, yeah. more basementy. Yeah, heads that split open. Yeah, to reveal a maw full of teeth. That is weird. Like a I flower, a flower of teeth. I'm a little surprised that we do that. Well, you know, it's it's how you got to eat. That's true. I mean, yeah. I was worried for a long time that that wasn't normal, but it turns out it is. Yeah, perfectly normal. For yeah. gugs like us, I'm just a little worried that like a uh, a pre-adolescent girl will come along and destroy us with her mind. 
Ooh, yeah, that would stink. Yeah. Yep. I mean, that's, that is not on my agenda. Not, well, it's not on our agenda at all tonight. Oh, thank God. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would not like it if it said, you know, somewhere in the notes was get vaporized by pre-adolescent girls' psionic powers. Okay, well, I'll make sure that if that ever comes up, I'll give you a heads up beforehand. You can skip that meeting. Oh, thank you. No problem. Blessed be. Yeah. Uh, what else happened at that council meeting? Um, I think the only other thing that I wanted to talk about before we uh, wrap things up is the Rochdale Boulevard, uh, the Rochdale Boulevard skate park is no longer just called, you know, that skate park on Rochdale Boulevard. Mm -hmm. They renamed it. Yeah. It is now the Terry Hinks skate park. Because, because Terry Hanks is all about skateboard. He is, actually. Apparently he was. Wow. Um, so uh, Terry Hanks, the late Terry Hanks, he was a city, a longtime city councilor, right. passed away last year. Um, he, uh, he was uh, one of the people who was, he was one of the people on council who fought really hard to get the Rochdale Boulevard skate park uh, put up. We have several skate parks around the city now. Uh, there was a time when, if you said... Um, I want to put a skate park in this neighborhood. He was like, you said, I want to put rental housing in this neighborhood. The entire <laughs> community came out to try and bludgeon that thing into non-existence. Right. Um, but thanks to people like uh, Councillor Terry Hanks, we now have skate parks in the Queen City. Uh, so, yeah, they thought that it would be a fitting tribute to the man to name that uh, skate park after him. So okay. I feel a little I, I feel a little abashed. Um, I mean, I, I know Councillor Hanks is no longer with us, mm -hmm. but when you said that, I involuntarily pictured him uh, coming out of a meeting and then hitting the half pipe. Which, yeah, no, that wouldn't. Yeah. 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 Which would be that a little, did not happen. That did not. Things that did not ever happen. <laughs> a lot of things happen. Stranger things than that have happened. That's right. Like, like Councillor Hanks that. getting some air on, on his longboard. Yeah. So anyways, yeah, that happened. Uh, it was supposed to just be a uh, notice of motion, but uh, they dispensed with the notice of motion, went straight to the motion, passed it, and the name is official. Excellent. So there you go. That's yeah. great. Uh, okay, so that's it for our city council wrap-up, and it looks like it's time to call for an adjournment. Is it? It is. Oh, well, then, yeah. maybe, can I call for an adjournment? Sure, go right ahead. I call an adjournment. I second that. Well then, motion. The motion must be passed. Yeah. You have been listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 FM CJTR Regina Community Radio. Our guest today is Peter Gilmer of the Anti-Poverty Mission. Am I correct in that? Ministry. I said mission. I meant ministry. Uh, your hosts have been Paul Shin and Aiden Morgan. Your music, as always, has been from Brian Hill, a.k.a. Guidewire. Uh, coming up next on uh, CJTR, the Thursday, Thursday Night Action Pack, we have the cockpit with Manny V, followed by... No, we don't. The Nerdcore Cabaret with Manny V, no, followed by the cockpit. I'm pretty sure it's the cockpit with Manny V. Nope. nope. They've changed it up. Yeah, they switched it all around they on switch us? switched it all around, yeah. we got to pay more attention to the Thursday Night Action Pack. Yep, then we've got the Sour Hour with Gerald Vahoovenis. We do? We On do Thursdays now. We absolutely do not. Oh, we no. do have the Nerdcore Cabaret with Maddie V followed by the cockpit, and then coming up, the Melt. Yeah, and people should remember that they can find us at queencityib.com, especially if they've been trying to call us. Yes. Um, that they should definitely try getting to getting in touch with us via the email through our website, 
Or they can, you know, check us out on Twitter at Queen City IB. Yes, and also you can find us on cjtr.ca uh, slash podcast if you want to hear us. Uh, also, you can find us on iTunes. Listen to us on your podcatcher of choice. And give us a rating. Give us a Preferably rating. a nice one. Oh, Actually, you know what? We'd even take, at this point, it's been two years. It is now officially two years of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. And we have zero ratings on the iTunes. Somebody's got to do it. I would, I would accept an even a one-star rating. I've, in fact, I think that's going to go on my tombstone. <laughs> Who would accept a one-star rating? Yeah. But five five stars is also good. It really wouldn't trouble you that much. No. Okay. Come on, people. Okay. Well, is thanks. That yeah, yes. That's it. That's it. Keep on improving, John.